0: Okay, hey, here we are, the Millennium Part 3. We don't need last week. No, we don't. What I did, we uh we had to cut last week. We we didn't make it to the end, and what I did is I just added in on the top of this one. So I didn't have to worry about who's got last week, who doesn't. Hit hey, that and do the old uh handout backflip, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm not the not the flipper I used to be. <laughs> But anyway. Bob, is this only full strength? There was no decap over there, right? Right. You're going to see a different carry in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I better get started then. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't mess with you then, right? Okay. Yeah, because there's no meet and greet, so I just made enough for Sunday school. And I didn't uh, even think about it. I just am pouring away. Drinking away. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. It's Mother's Day. Go for it. (laughs) Okay, the nation Israel in the millennium, and that's what we've been looking at, just various living conditions in the millennium. I'm not, uh, well, you chose that spot. (laughs) It's like, the I don't like people sneaking up behind me. No, I'm good. (laughs) You can see from behind you. want to just read mine? (laughs) Okay. One thing we're going to see is divine protection. Well, starting off our lesson this morning in Isaiah, chapter 41, you notice when it talks about the millennium, or what we know of as the millennium, which Old Testament's described as the kingdom, and a lot of times terminologies like at that time and so forth, all those refer to that when the kingdom is... Uh, realized by the nation <clears throat> Isaiah has much to say about that because remember we we mentioned it a little bit last time but it's worth repeating I think you read through the book of Isaiah and Isaiah starts off with just a harsh chapter one it's a very harsh uh, indictment of the just the spiritual the lack of spirituality among the, the nation like God comes and says, I, I don't even want to see your sacrifice. I, I, your, your sacrifices mean nothing to me. They're, they, they're an abhorrence to me. I hate, I hate what you're doing. Okay? Um, I mean, that's pretty strong. But yet, and, and he's calling him. He's saying, this is where you are. And he says, you need to repent. And then every so often, interspersed <laughs> will be, but there is coming a day when... You will be my people. You will be living upright. And this is one of those, and what, what that day they're referring to is that day when all of Israel is saved. As a, We're talking national Israel. Everybody in the nation, just like everybody that's a true member of the church in the church age, the church of Jesus Christ, truly saved, is saved and will remain that way. The same one day will be for 100% of the people that identify as Israel, that is, saved Israel, not just, um, you know, natural Israel as born that way. Now, so Isaiah 41, 8 through 14 says, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and, and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. <clears throat> Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxious. Look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you my righteous, with my, with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you, with you will be will be as nothing and will perish you will seek to, you will you will seek those who quarrel with you but will not find them those who war with you will not be will be as nothing and non-existent for i am the lord your god who upholds your right hand who says to you do not fear i will help you do not fear you worm jacob you men of israel i will help you declares the lord and your redeemer is the holy one of Israel. You know little reference to Messiah. Now, I put a little sub note on there. That worm in Isaiah forty one fourteen is a statement of contempt. Just like in uh, Psalm twenty two six, where that Psalm is referring to Jesus on the cross, it says, I am a worm, not a man. Okay. Uh, I am hanging here in contempt. You Israel who are held in contempt by the nations still are today isn't it you know by most of them um, And so that's but that's but divine protection they will that this chapter 62 keep going in Isaiah a little bit I don't think I'm going to read all of these necessarily but uh, but it's just all over the place I just selected random I mean I've got what four verses here on divine protection and it's all over the Old Testament. I mean, these are just four of several. Um, 62, 8, nine says, The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his strong arm, I will never again give your grain as food for your enemies. Uh, nor will foreigners drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. In other words, hey, there's a time coming what you raise will remain yours. There's not going to be any foreign power coming in there and, and, and taking it away from you. Okay, it's yours. And it also gives uh, the idea too because uh, why did those nations come in there and take it away from in the first place? Rebellion. Yeah, it was judgment. They came in there as judgment from God. So the judgment, that's another little little point there that God's hand of judgment is going to be lifted in that time too. Why? Because the nation Will be redeemed at that time. You don't judge redeemed people. You might chastise them a little bit, but you're not going to you're not going to uh, reject them or judge them. It's interesting. Even we'll see uh, in the millennium about the offspring and everything. But Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23 is, and again, one of those critical. And Jeremiah 23, <clears throat> or I should say, the uh, the book of Jeremiah is, is again one of those. Now, remember Jeremiah? He came about 100 years after Isaiah, and Jeremiah had the distinct, um, not privilege, but the displeasure of watching his nation be destroyed. Can you imagine how awful that would be, to watch your nation be destroyed? We can kind of see it on the news today if you look close. It's it's called Mm -hmm. self-destruction. But then... Not unlike Israel, right? They self-destruct before the enemy comes in and finishes the job. That's what's happening to the USA. Oh, well. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 3 to 6 says, Then I myself shall gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them. Remember again, um, I myself shall gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them. You know? He used other nations to do the driving, but it was God that was behind it. See, and shall br- and shall bring them back to their pasture, and they will be fruitful and multiply. And I will also I will also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them, <clears throat> and they will not be afraid any longer, nor be terrified, nor will be any missing. Declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall rise, <laughs> raise up for you a Raise up for David a righteous branch. Well, there's Messiah. That we know his name is Jesus. Okay, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. and In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name, <clears throat> me, by which he is called, the Lord our righteousness. And so, when the righteous judge, Jesus Christ, reigns on the earth everything's different everything's different remember we talked about this in earlier um, <clears throat> discussions and it's on earlier handouts <laughs> that uh, the this millennium is that period of time that the things like the uh, Abrahamic covenants fulfilled the Davidic covenants fulfilled and the new covenant Jeremiah 3131 31, you know <clears throat> where Israel will be saved and a term that's going to pop up a lot is where I, where God says, I will be their God, they will be my people. That speaks of 100% of them, all of them. Where <clears throat> I got a tickle in there that isn't so ticklish. Uh, or maybe a little of that coffee might be better. <clears throat> Excuse me. Darn. It's nothing weird, no sickness. Okay. Now, a question that comes up. Um about um in the millennium, eyes water, that helps the reading um, <laughs> will all will all the offspring of Israel be saved? Thank you very much little uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's <what I'm> <laughs> handy little thing. <laughs> Okay, Isaiah 59. <clears throat> Isaiah 59, 21. I'm going to pick it up in verse 20 to get the context going because uh, it's so close. And I always like to include... Messiah in, these, in all these verses if I, if, it's, if I can. And here's one that's very easy. And a redeemer will come to Zion and to, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob declares the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with them. Now who is that? Those that turn. Right? Those that turn from the transgression. In other words, repent, saved, Put it in New Testament language, if you like. Okay? And as for me, this is my covenant with them. It says, Lord, my spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, Hmm, says the Lord, from now and, ooh, look at that next word, forever. When this time period comes, Israel is going to have offspring in the millennium. I read by this every one of them is going to be saved. That is not true for the Gentiles that are in the kingdom. Those little rascals are going to act up. As a matter of fact, at the end of the thousand year reign, what happens? Satan is loosed. And a revolt starts, and the revolt is described in Ezekiel. We we actually covered that a a week or two ago. The result, it says, he what did he do? (coughs) Satan went out and gathered the nations. The nations, and what did they do? They moved against Jerusalem. I often think of that with Jesus sitting on the throne. That's not a Phi Beta Kappa move, I'll tell you. Not real smart. Go, go against the... And after a thousand years... You know what it does show us, though? That that little stunt by Satan? It shows that over the years he hasn't learned anything. okay. Um, <clears throat> and it shows also the strength of human depravity that living under the reign of a perfect... King, a perfect. I wouldn't want a democracy with Christ as the king. Give me the kingship. Uh, but man, they everything's perfect. I mean, we already saw that the uh, you know the desert blossoms arose. Things are just. I mean, it's like we're talking like uh, Garden of Eden con- living conditions and. Everything's marvelous, and yet they still—that's not good enough for some. They—they they have to be in charge of their own destiny. You can—you can, can almost hear the speech, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, uh, that one's big, and then Isaiah sixty-one, seven to eight, <clears> or <throat> seven to nine. Excuse me. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. See, everything's going to be just fruitful, fruitful. Everything's greater, bigger, better, you know, abundance. It's just what Israel's been asking for and still today asking for and has not seen yet. They're going to see it then. Okay? And... This is what they this is what they've always wanted and they're they're gonna get it. And that's why, you know, when you read these passages, this is what Israel envisioned it to be. That just generation after generation, just things just keep going good. Nothing goes wrong. And there's where that's where it all comes to. That's where it all comes together. Therefore they will possess a double portion of their land, every everlasting joy will be theirs. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and and the burnt offering, and I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Again, this is Isaiah, you know, saying, yeah, he's warning them on one hand, calling them to repent, but on the other hand, he keeps bringing up the fact that one day it will happen. All the Israel as a whole will be that blessed nation God had intended them to be, and that will take place in that millennium. Okay, verse eight: For I, the Lord, love justice; I hate robbery. I've already said that one. Okay, verse nine: Then their offspring will be; then their offspring will be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them will recognize them, because they are the offspring whom the Lord has blessed. See that? The Lord has blessed. Again, this is the Israel. You just save people, and then just by the grace of God, the whole, everything, the offspring are saved as well. And I think that's how the, uh, remember, it's one of the reasons that uh, talking about Israel, you know, that they use that uh, Hyperbolic expression like your your descendants will be like the sand of the sea, you know. It's it's hyperbole saying a whole lot of people, <laughs> or you know, or, and they say thousands upon thousands upon thousands and stuff like that. Those that those hyperbolical statements are are said in those days uh, to uh, do to make that point. And then again, in those days, it's already we've already seen it, but we're right here in, 60, in 61, 62. It says, in those days, Israel will be characterized by righteousness. I mean, uh, Isaiah sixty two one and two says, uh, for Zion, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent; for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. Under her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. All the nations will see your righteousness. And all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. And then verse 12, just that whole chapter is talking about that. And then verse, I just jump to verse 12. And they will call them, that's they, that's the nations. They will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. I mean, just, everything's going great. They're, they're the beacon to the nations that God always wanted them to be. They are that beacon to the nations. And that this is their time. That all that stuff happens. Let's face it. They failed over the centuries. They're failing today. Israel is probably, I would say they're probably more secular today than they were in the time of the Lord. A very secular nation. Very secular. You know? And so, um, not good. Anyway, now, we'll just move on from there. And the next one. And one of the reasons that's going to mean all of Israel will have the fullness of the Spirit. Let's see, we're in uh, Isaiah Isaiah 59. That's a close one. I'll pick them off the chart here so we don't run out of time. They're saying, all these verses are saying essentially the same thing. but, But 59, 19 to 21 Again, speaking of the nation, for they will fear the name of the Lord from the west, from from the west, and his and his glory from the rising of the sun. That would be the east, by the way. Uh, for he, for he will come like a, a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives, and a redeemer will come to Zion, and those who turn from transgression in Jacob. Uh, declares the Lord, and as for me, we read this passage earlier. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit, which is upon you, and my words, which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring. Again, so again, that the Holy Spirit too to the offspring, they're born, they will be saved, they will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's Very similar to that of the Church Age saints, empowered by the Holy, being, being dwelt by the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel. Will, we haven't heard from him yet today. Ezekiel 36. <clears throat> 20. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, we're going to go down there, and our next one worship in the millennium. There's going to be worship, temple worship, sacrifices even in there. It's which is people say, why would you need to do that? No. Well, they're there. Different perspective. Not sacrifices for looking for a but sacrifices like we do at communion service, remembering. These are memorial services just like our Lord's table is in, in the church era. That's a that's a memorial. We're remembering. We're not some people say that they're getting, like the Catholic church, for example, says that's how you get grace. No, 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 no. If you got grace, you're saved, okay? <laughs> We're, that is remembering what the Lord has done. And that, what, what, uh, what was revealed to Paul, keep remembering mm-hmm. until what? The Lord returns. Okay, so that's something we do. They're going to be doing sacrifices of some sort. I mean, some of them are even described a little bit. They will be doing the same thing. remember it'll be remembered, and remember though, the Lord is right there with them when they're doing it, so it's a whole different scenario <laughs> it's a but anyway, that's their lookout. we don't have to worry about that, okay and they don't they don't either, but I'm just just saying um thirty six twenty six to twenty here's one we've seen before. It says moreover, again, this is Ezekiel kind of repeating. The uh, what is in the Jeremiah 31 uh, <clears throat> New Covenant. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Okay, that's spirit small s there. A new spirit within you. Be, It'll be one that's receptive as opposed to rejecting and rebellious. It'll be a receptive spirit, not a rebellious spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, okay? And I will put my spirit, now there's the Holy Spirit, and I will put my spirit within you and, see what happens? And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And you will live in the land that I have de- Given that I gave to your forefathers, so again, so you will be my people, and I will be your God. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. They're going to get it, and I just, I, I, I kind of cringe, you know, um, when folks say, "Well, you know, that doesn't really happen," and that that refers to the church. I go, "No, no, it doesn't." <laughs> You know the church took this over? No, we didn't. We're a whole different entity. And then after the millennium, when the new heaven and new earth, that's when like the scripture calls we will be all one, you know. It it's we're one now in a sense, but I mean we're but it's just it's just God's timing. He's just just He's like the uh, uh the conductor of the orchestra. He just got everything going and when it's time for the crescendo, guarantee it'll rev up <laughs> you know it'll happen and don't worry our god our, it's like everything else god's got this thing and so that's why i kind of you know as i'm sure they do what we believe the folks that want to think the millennium is not real it res, it resent, it means the church age fine you know those that deny the rapture okay you know you fly coach I'm going first class. <laughs> don't worry. I mean, it's just—it's nothing you want to fight too much about and that kind of thing. But <clears throat> I like the peace it gives me and the satisfaction. And I say, when you when you do a a literal interpretation, and by that I mean just interpret the Bible for what it actually says, and don't start reading and pulling stuff out of the white spaces, <laughs> you know, or putting stuff in. Just. Okay, it's saying this, it's saying this, it's saying this. And I understand 200 years ago, some of this stuff would be very difficult, even more difficult now to believe. It's very, to me, as each year goes by, and as technology advances, and man's uh, ability to to sin even with greater proficiency, none of this stuff astounds me. None of this stuff astounds me at all. Um, Anyway... And I, I think we've got it here that they will have the spirit and they will know their God. we see in that, you know. How about worship in the millennium? Look at Ezekiel chapter 40. And some say this is has to do this is all figurative about the church. age. I said, I'm sorry, I don't see the church in this thing at all. And it's figurative of something else. And I know I'm not going to read all this, by the way. No. No? Ezekiel chapter forty, <clears throat> but in yeah, from forty verse one through forty six, like to the end of Ezekiel, <laughs> it's, the rest, it's the rest of the book. I mean Ezekiel, it's a great portion, but to fully appreciate it, you'd have to like do a study of Ezekiel itself, which is not out of the realm of possibility in some future year, decade. <laughs> You know, it it won't be today, that's for sure, uh, nor next week. But you put it in context with the whole book, and it flows, it makes more sense. Uh, But Ezekiel does go in pretty much chronological order of events, because in chapter 39, it, it ends off with Israel being restored. And then it moves into... Somebody's out there measuring and building a temple. Okay? Israel's restored. Now we're building a temple. That's not talking about the temple that went down in 70 AD or any other time of history or the church or anything else. It's not talking about it. it just follow what it's saying. Okay? All right, you look at it and says, well, this sounds fantastic to me. I can't, I can't understand it. Okay. Live with it. You know, there's a lot of stuff in here I don't understand either. They He said, I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. All that stuff we did in Revelation—this thing flying around here, this thing going into—Is that a, how is that actually going to look? I'm reading what I'm reading, and hey, I can wait and see to get to fill in the little minute details. But as far as the scope of things, I'm not going to deny the scope of what's going on here. That's very obvious because I don't understand one word or something, <laughs> you know, or what John saw in a vision that is beyond our time. And he's trying, trying to describe that in first-century language. What do you expect? Here we are in the 21st. Yeah, yeah. here we are yeah. 20 centuries later. Yeah. I, I don't expect to get it all. Yeah. You know, the only, what I got out of there, it's good for us and bad for them. I got that out of there. <laughs> you know, and thank you, Lord, for not leaving me as one of them. Okay? Um, but anyway, the temple... So from, the, from chapter, chapter 40 through, it's all about the temple. And I just broke it down. The outer temple is described in verses 40. Then it just go, go, moves forward and it describes the inner temple. <coughs> Ezekiel 43, let's read that one. The glory of the Lord will fill that temple. <laughs> but but yeah, where the glory exited, it, it was, wasn't it during the time Jeremiah was Where the glory left. Uh, oh yeah, Israel will sin, and the glory of yes, God departed. That's happened on a number of occasions, by the way, over the years with them. That it's 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 stated in different ways where God just says, "Okay." And he no longer resides there. Yep. It, it is. It is. Yeah. That's what sin does. That's what sin does. Ezekiel 43 verse 1. Then he led me to the gate and the gate facing toward the east and behold the glory of the glory of God of Israel was coming from the way of the east. And his voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. The voice of many you know how that one pops up a lot the voice of many waters. <clears throat> And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city, and the visions which remember, remember Ezekiel. He did all his writing from Babylon. He was one of the captives. He was in. He was. He was a contemporary of Daniel. Um. In the latter part, at least, of uh, Jeremiah's reign, because he was one of the. He was. He was in. He was a, a, a in captivity with with say Daniel. And it was like the appearance of the vision when I saw them destroy the city. And verse, uh, Let's pick it up, verse 4. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate facing toward the east. And the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Then I heard one speaking to me from the house while I was standing beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my... Throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell among the sons of Israel forever. Who might we might take a wild guess who that's talking about? <laughs> you know, there's the Lord, there's the Messiah again, there's Jesus as King of king and Lord of lords. He says, I will live forever. And he says, and <clears throat> the house of Israel will not again again, the house of Israel will not again defile my name. This is so Israel-specific. How you get the church in there, you have to just squeeze, shove it in there. I mean, it's just not there. It's just not there. It says, and I love that, they will not again defile my holy name, neither nor their kings, well, because there's only going to be one, by their harlotry and by their corpses of their kings when they die. Why? Because there's not going to be any kings to die. There's only going to be one. Remember what Zacharias says? The, the, the Lord will be king, the only one, in Zechariah 14. We saw that earlier in, in earlier lessons. And that's yeah, it's tremendous. Uh, will Ezekiel's temple will it be like similar to the first and the second temple? Physically, I mean. What you can do is you can read this and then compare it. Okay. And no, seriously. And you compare it. I didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't do that. I know it's very similar, and there are differences. There are differences, though. I'm just by reading through the commentators, and I just didn't get into those. I figured, hey, you know, I'm not going to be doing any sacrificing in there. But I, I just, to be honest, totally honest with you. I wasn't zeroing in on the specifics, just on the flow of the. It's, Eschatological viewpoint, and then you can read about that. There's going to be an altar and sacrifices, and there will be a Levitical priesthood. See, they're going to be Levitical. It's going to be Israel doing everything right, and so everything's going to be there to be done right yes, that's the way this it, time. The way that David saw it, I'll begin. Never <laughs> it'll be better than what David saw. It'll be better than what anybody has seen. It's going to be perfect because the perfect king is going to be there. And the people will be all humanly as human perfect or made perfect. They will be made perfect through the saving grace of their God. Just like we are made perfect even though we don't always live up to that. But in the eyes of God, that's where we are. Because he did it. And And he's going to... Is a way of God proving to the world that his relationship with his chosen people is perfect? Absolutely. And it's a testimony to the rest of the your, your analogy earlier of all those worlds and all those kingdoms yep. that the message of the cross has been perfected from day one it's just man's rebellion has been yeah. so so their own rebellion yeah They I mean it's like you know they've missed they've, they've missed what's been right in front of them right front all this time right. they've had you know eyes to see and yeah. those that don't it's, it's, a, it's the old, same old story you know it's the same old story those that have eyes to see will see those that have ears to hear will hear those that don't won't. Amen. It's just that simple. And thank God for his grace, you know. <clears throat> now, two of the three pilgrimage feasts will be celebrated. I want to look at this one, because this one I think is kind of a, well, that's all important, but it's kind of it more speaks to where we've been what we've been doing in our study. <clears throat> By the pilgrimage feasts, I'm I'm referring to the Passover, the Feast of Booths, or Tabernacles, and Pentecost. Those are the three feasts where people came into Jerusalem to partake. Okay? Now, in Ezekiel 45, 21 to 24, two are mentioned, the Passover and the Feast of Booths. We know about the Passover, what happened there, where they come in, I mean, that's the... uh, In the New Testament era, that was Passion Week, okay, the Feast of the Passover. And then 50 days after that was Pentecost, right? And we know that's, in the New Testament, we see that in Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church. I think that may be why it's not celebrated here, because that kind of completed itself, the first fruits, and now that Israel has the Spirit themselves, they probably just let that one shine on for their purposes in this time frame. Just a guess on my part. Who knows, maybe they're going to celebrate it, and Ezekiel just, the Lord didn't uh, have him mention it for some reason. But that's just a guess. But the Feast of Booths, um, <clears throat> Isaiah, or Ezekiel forty-five twenty-five 25 uh, says... In the 7th month on the 15th day of the month at the feast he shall provide these this 7 days for sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering and the oil. They're going to do the whole thing. But remember he said, "Well, why is there a sin offering? Why is there a sin offering?" Well, it's called a sin offering in the day Ezekiel wrote this so they know what they're so they know the exact thing Ezekiel is talking about. But it's, the whole perspective is going to change once you get into that millennial reign, where the nation has been perfected. They won't be doing it for the sin that that they have committed and, and need to be covered. Remember, the sacrifices were a covering. They didn't take away sin. You know, it wasn't the blood of bull or goats or anything to take away sin, but the blood of Christ. Okay, so they were. It's merely a covering, but and so, when they do it in the millennium, they're doing their sacrifices again, like we do the Lord's table, remembering, remembering what He did. If they're butchering those animals, they're going to be, when they butcher those animals, they're remembered Christ, if you will, that got butchered and sacrificed for their sin. It's a remembrance. It's going to be a remembrance. But it's going to be done the way the Jews used to do it, when they made a mockery for the most part of the sacrificial system. Okay? No longer. It's going to be done in a pure motive. It's it's so much Israel, man. I tell you, it's just just the whole thing perfected the way it should have been all along. They're going to do it right for a thousand years. They're going to do it right for a thousand years. I can see that. You know, I really can. I can see that. I can see God doing it. That's, it's what they've, in their hearts, those that truly believed, you know, uh, always wanted and never really had okay a nation that was just totally sold out to their God. this they will have now so I, I, there's a it may be sound a little weird for us, but hey we 're not them I think I think it 's really a beautiful thing it 's going to be what always should have been they 're finally going to realize it, and we will be a part of it in some way. More as spectators and helping out on the fringes, perhaps. I kind of think our ministry might be out there to the Gentiles, if we're out there at all. It's, it's not a hundred percent sure, and I don't, you know, I don't worry about those kind of details. I really don't. I really don't. In Christ is what matters. Yeah. You know, whatever he de- whatever he determines at that point, I think we're kind of all going to be okay with. Yeah, it won't it won't be bad. I guarantee that. I guarantee you. Um, Levit- anyway, Leviticus. And Zechariah, see, Zechariah talks about the Feast of Booths also as happening. In Zechariah 14, which is the last, well, 14, 16 to 19 are like of the last half a dozen verses in the book of Zechariah, and his is in chronological order as well, of of future events. And he's talking about where there'll be, you'll be doing the, uh, the Feast of Booths, which was a festive feast. The way they made the little booths out of the branches and twigs and leaves, and it's like a... You know, I, I don't mean to, you know, I was gonna, it's like a big, you know, sanctified tailgate part. No, it's better than it's not that because they made booths. It's like they're camping out, yeah. but they're enjoying each other's company. They're praising God. And it's can you imagine what it's going to be like this when they all have pure hearts? It'll be really a joyous event. And they come up to meet with the Lord. Um, and also in Zechariah, it talks about and the nations are, are supposed to come up, too. Remember, it's a one. There's one religion on earth, one true religion. That's it. Kind of like today, when you think about it. But anyway, one true religion on earth, and it says in Zechariah, like if a nation doesn't show up, huh, no rain, no rain for you. They shut. The Lord will shut the rain off. And I put I put a, a, a side of fact, verse 70 says no rain. If you don't come, okay, your nation doesn't get rain. He you know, gave some examples. Like, he gave, like, he gave it like a, for instance, if Egypt, they're invited, they don't come up, eh, Egypt just, they don't get no rain. Sorry. In, in, a, in a perfect conditions, if you don't water those plants, they're not growing. <laughs> you can have the perfect soil, but it's just going to dry up on you without that rain. And so, and who's in, I almost, I got a little sidetracked in my lesson, but who's in control of the weather today? I guarantee it's not John Kerry. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Hebrews 1, the Lord controls everything. Okay, he can, And he's going to control it then. You don't come up, beep, rain stop. It will rain rain all around Egypt. You can see it happen just using Egypt as an example. I hope they don't do it. I hope they're smart enough not to do it then. But every, every the, all the other places are going to get rain. They won't if they don't come. It's, it's a command, it's, it's, non, it's non-optional worship. And uh, I went ahead and, and uh, I don't think there's too many people out there right now, but uh, this one I was, my wife said, you need to do this. So I put a chronological order of events as they appear in, like starting using the Old Testament era as a starting point, and then following that would be the church age, and that's Pentecost to the rapture, Right? And then the tribulation period, which is Daniel's 70th week. And then the second coming, the millennium. Satan released and thrown into the lake of fire. The final judgment, that's next week, which is the great white throne. And then the heavens and the earth destroyed. That's Those are the ones that we read about, even the millennium. Those are that's going to be burned up, Peter. And then the very last event mentioned in scripture is the new heaven and new earth. Well, you don't, there's nothing after that. That's it. It's, it's forever and ever. So there you go. So with that, I'll close in a word of prayer and go back and be on well watch with my wife. You got whales at your place? No, my well's off. A oh, well watch. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for your word. And most of all, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.